What is going on, everybody, <laughs> and welcome to another episode of the Simi Social Movie Club. I am one of your hosts, Cody Wilson, and I am accompanied today by my accomplished co-host, AJ. How's it going? Hey, buddy. How you doing, man? I'm good, brother. We're talking about the 1996 summer blockbuster, Cable Guy. Cable Guy! Comedy, drama, thriller, um... I have in my notes here at least multiple times. I go, are we sure this isn't a fucking horror movie, dude? It's <laughs> so that's what we can we we'll get into talking about. But exactly, it is uh, it's a very dark comedy. The plot that we'll start off with just to set the scene is that Stephen Kovac has just moved into a new apartment after a breakup with his girlfriend Robin. After the cable guy arrives four hours late to set up his cable. Uh, he slips the cable guy at 50 nervously for some free channels and guiltily shows an interest in his work and receives an extra overly attached friend that, when rejected, delivers a bit darker and more dangerous than the late night Cinemax special. So Okay. Yeah. That's so, a nice little plot. Well, you know, like I said, it sets it all up because uh, he, he goes to the cable thing and, you know, later and he shows a little too much interest. And yep. I think that kind of, that kind of psychotic, we all know somebody like this character, like Chip Douglas, man, man that got... like you just extend a little like grace towards like be nice to somebody. And then all of a sudden, like, they're like, when are you coming over tomorrow? I'm like, whoa, 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 dude. I'm that's, <laughs> you're trying to make an entire thing out of this. It's funny because everything Chip knows, he learned from TV, TV. or movies. So it's kind of like everything I know in life, I've taken from other characters. And so it's, it's pretty much yeah. me. Like TV raised me. And so I I get to uh, the point where I'm like, I don't want to be the cable. I don't want to be Chip Douglas to anybody. Yeah. So I'm always like, I keep a good, Dude, healthy ba- you know, boundary between me and There's times where like... I'm I'm a person that's like I don't mind hanging out with people. Yeah. I don't mind people coming over. I don't mind everything like that. But there are times where I like I just don't message anybody. I just want to be at home, play video games, do what I want. But there are times that I will like go out of my way and just be like, damn, I really wish someone was here. And right. I'll like text everybody like, hey man, what are you doing? Hey man, what are you doing? Like, None of us want to be that guy that talks too much and other people get over friendly with. But I do believe somehow that's how you make friends. But you know what? Probably not to the extent. Of what we're about to discuss. Yeah. So join us on this adventure this week while we discuss 1996's blockbuster, The Cable Guy. Hey, man, you want to watch a movie? Cheerios, they don't got Cheerios. What else? Lasagna. Lasagna? What the hell's the matter with you? We'll take uh, hotcakes and sausage. So we're doing our uh, we're doing our daily regular snack segment, my friend. Snack yeah. segment. So what did you have, my friend? Man, so uh, for the first time while doing this, I had a nice giant Diet Coke. Did you? <laughs> and so and a just, Nutty Buddy where I, you pull it apart? I did not. You oh. fucking monster. I did not okay. pull apart a Nutty Buddy. Um... No, I'm trying. That's what I'm sitting here actually trying to remember is like, what was my? I got Junior Mints, Junior Mints. Oh yeah, dude. Because uh, I was like, oh, it's the '90s. What was the '90s snack I got in movie theaters? I got Junior Mints. So I had Junior Mints and Diet Coke. Uh, probably not the best combination for your stomach, but uh, icy cold, fucking delicious, man. What about you? What'd you have? Man, I went pretty classic this time, too. Uh, I just did some classic popcorn and a little butter and some of that white powder uh, sprinkle on it. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did a Snickers bar right here from the studio provided by VVNC. Came back here and get it. And uh, and then I had a a glass of Coca-Cola. So, you know, ice cubes to the top, the fizz sparkling off the top of the rim. Man, it was beautiful. So I I had a good old classic, like, just candy coke popcorn hell yeah see i made sure my diet coke was ice fucking cold man i didn't put it in ice yeah but i made sure it was fucking freezing that way when i popped it i could just hear that <laughs> and i was like yes here we go I love <laughs> and it's and i don't have a lot of soda anymore yeah so like it's a little it was hard 
because like I'd had in the last two weeks, I've probably had a 20 ounce bottle of Tahitian treat uh-huh. and that. Yeah. And Tahitian treat, after I was done, I wasn't just wanting another one. Like, I wasn't like, oh, I need more. Uh, dude, after that Diet Coke hit my lips, it was like fucking crack, dude. Like, I was like, I need more than the 12 pack now. Right. And I've refrained. I've not gone to get one, but movie day is just a few days around the corner. So, I'm it telling is, you, man, they're uh, little treats. Always have a Diet Coke again. It's going to be movie nice day. to have a Diet Coke again and a little snack. Because I don't do a lot of sweets anymore either. So, yeah. Mondays are now my. my my indulgent days so hell yeah. yeah well that's what we had so you guys uh after this episode comes out you know hop on the socials let us know hell what yeah. your semi-social snack was well and we'll put up we'll put up our uh, our little snacks graphic and uh we want to know what you guys had during the movie that's that's what we want to know so back to the review man this movie had a star-studded cast i'm telling you man jim carrey matthew broderick leslie mann jack black George uh, Siegel, who was Stephen's dad, yeah, and he passed away this year. You know, in oh, March, damn. he was uh, the grandfather on uh, the Goldbergs. I don't know if you watched oh, that. I did watch it, the Goldbergs. It's a great okay. show. So yeah, the it, he passed away this year in March, man. man. So this episode is uh, dedicated to George Siegel because he was a uh, he played the great old guy in every movie. He did, man. He did. He was a really good actor, but uh, Ben Stiller played the the, the Sweet Brothers. Andy Dick was the medi- Medieval Times mm-hmm. host. Uh, David Cross was in this movie yeah. as a sales manager. Never has one line. Doesn't say a <laughs> word. I I went back and watched it. I never noticed as many times I've seen it. I was like, oh my god, that's David Cross sitting there. But he never says a word, and that's crazy. It's got Owen Wilson, Bob Odenkirk, Kathy Griffin played his mom, and whenever yep. she's like, "I'm going to, you know, going out to yep. find you a, a dad or something, and making money," and then she like leaves, but you never see her face. Yep. It's fucking Kathy, Kathy, Kathy Griffin, um, Kyle Gass at yeah. the end of the movie. Dude, I'm, there were so many people in this movie, and uh, it blew my mind to go back and be like, I didn't catch this entire cast before. Yeah, man. So of course we open. You know, the movie with Matthew Broderick in his new apartment, um, recently separated, asked his girlfriend yeah. to marry him, and uh, she asked him to move out. So we get the scene of him waiting for the cable guy to show up, inner Jack Black's character, you know, saying, hey, man, why don't you throw him a little, uh, throw him a 50 spot. Uh, he'll get you all the free movie channels. So I had to explain to my kid. She was like, oh, so what's the, you're doing the episode on the cable guy? And I was like, yeah, she's like, What's the cable guy? And I was like, uh, he, you know, he's used to set up your cable. She was like, uh, cool, cool, cool. Second question, what's cable? Yeah, <laughs> see, we're like, in, we're in that what? era, man. Yeah, I said cable. I said we know even like we know cable. Yeah, uh, we're that weird like we're that weird pivotal point where we remember the bikes in the yards yep. and you know go play until dark, but we also remember the dawn of the internet, like Dude, when it really took off. You ask kids nowadays, it's like, hey man, you got cable? And they'd be like. Like I got Netflix, right? I got Hulu, well, man. I, yeah, I, had to I got YouTube her, Live. Like, I said you would. It wasn't even satellite. I said it's yep. not like where you flip through the channels. And then I was like, it was before that where you flip through each different channel, and then you'd have to go to like usually channel twenty two. I was gonna say I remember guide. having to go to the TV guide channel, sign up channel twenty six, have to figure out what the hell time Sports Center came on when I should have been knowing that it was ten o'clock every night. Yeah, exactly, man. So you know, so he's he's waiting on the cable guy. And uh, he goes, he's like, fuck it, I'm just going to go ahead and take a shower. Yep. So he gets in the shower, and as soon as Inner cable as it would go, like, <laughs> as you're trying to shower and go, stuff, go, go, go. you hear the knocks and the bangs. He's like, cable guy. And he keeps doing it, and he's like, hold on, please don't leave. And he shows up, and he opens the door, and the camera zooms in up on, you know, yep. on his back, and he turns around, and he's like, hey, don't go. And he's like, well, 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 look who decided to show. <laughs> Absolutely perfect. And then him just being like, me? You were four hours late. Four hours late. And that's my favorite thing. Because in case you're listening to this and somehow you're so young that you never had to deal with cable. I can never remember a time where my cable guy or my satellite guy was ever on time. Oh, yeah. It's usually like, we'll be there between uh, Thursday and two weeks from now. Yeah. What? <laughs> no, my, my favorite one was I had a lady that she goes, hey, is there any way you can be available anytime from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m.? And I was like, tomorrow? Yeah. She goes, tomorrow through Friday. Oh, so I'll just take the week off then. And I was like, no. Do you just assume that I can work right. all week and then still pay you for this installation? Fuck no, I can't. So, yeah, so we get to that. We get the uh, nice little one-liner right at the beginning of, like, 
oh, made it look really nice in here after what happened. And then, what happened? Oh, it's just a lot of cats. <laughs> Dude, it's this whole movie is nothing but just banging one-liners oh, the bro. whole time. Just nailing out joke after joke. So, we get from there. He's doing the whole thing. Matthew Broderick leaves, comes back, sees that his entire room has been... <laughs> Rearranged, <laughs> and like, whoa, what is what's what's going on? Oh, I just it was fucking with the sound waves, man. I had to put it like this, and it's yeah, like I hope you don't mind. There's chairs upside, upside down, down on the on fucking fireplace. Yeah, Sailor was it's like wonderful. Sailor was like I. I just don't understand why that was necessary. I was like, it wasn't. Cause oh, yeah, it wasn't. She was like, who the fuck's going to leave it that way? Uh, you would automatically take it down. She yeah. was like, if that were me, I would just not have cable if that were the case. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know what? Leave your good. fucking uh, living room looking like that. <laughs> we're just going to go buy a fuck ton of VHSs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so um, now we get to what I said maybe kicks off this whole little incident. Hey, man, I was told to uh, give you 50 bucks, maybe get the movie channels. It's like, you're trying to bribe me? I'm like, well, no, no, just trying to get some movies. And so I said, is this what kicks it off? He gives him the money, and he's like, I got you, because what are friends for, buddy? Right. And you're like, whoa, okay. And so then I also put getting hardcore sociopath vibes. Oh, yeah, right then. <laughs> like, well, right dude, then. One of the best lines, like my favorite line in the whole movie, when he's like, are you asking me for free cable? And he's like, yeah, uh, I am. He's like, stealing cable is yeah, punishable. punishable by serving up to, you know, a fine this big and then serving up to eight years in a correctional facility. For so long. He says that and then, yeah, he's like, I'm just joshing you, buddy. I'll juice you up. Yeah, I'll juice you up. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry. And so at this point is when <coughs> my buddy Tom that watches these movies with me, and he goes, I'm going to give you this. He paused the movie and he goes, I want you to know that the cable guy was the metaphor on modern comedy before Tropic Thunder. Yes. And just to let you know, both of those were directed by Ben Stiller. So he gave you the metaphor on modern comedy twice in a, within a decade. Man, this show was at, or this movie was actually, it was pitched. Well, when it was pitched by the writer, um, after Ben Stiller got a hold of it, he wanted to basically make it like, a huge reunion movie for the Ben Stiller show. Really? The, the sketch comedy that, yeah, oh, like yeah, got shut down. And it had all these people on it. Like, all the people in the movie, Bob Odenkirk, uh, David Cross, yeah. and shit like that, they were all on, on the, ben the Ben Stiller, Stiller show. Dude, everyone, like, I don't know, you know, what people's general opinions of Ben Stiller are, but I feel like a lot of people don't really care for him, or that well, he's, like, a joke actor, but... Well, my thing is, like... He's a really fucking incredible writer. He's really writer. good. Um... My thing with it is, like, a lot of people don't understand nowadays that it's, like, in the 90s to see Ben Stiller and Jim Carrey, like, seeing them together, working together in a movie and stuff, it's, like, that's insane to think two dudes from two separate sketch comedy shows got together, made this movie, and are now names. And, dude, I'm telling you, that's why I believe that's part of the genius of this film is, like, you had Ben Stiller who basically was one of the key components to the late 90s, early 2000s, yeah. as far as comedy goes. Everything he plays Bro, in, he has a, a hand in, and this movie, coupled with Jim Carrey's just phenomenal godlike acting, yeah, it really brings it together, man. That's why this movie holds up so well. And so, uh, so that's pretty much... It for the beginning of the movie. We move on to now what would be the satellite scene and the medieval times start of stuff. Yeah, where they're and they're so, hanging out. And so I got to bring up like because a lot of this in between doesn't matter except for the monologue. And I don't know if you have the monologue written down. I have it right here, dude. For when he's standing on the satellite, he says, "The future is now." Soon, every American will integrate their television, phone, and computer. You'll be able to visit the Louvre on one channel and watch female mud wrestling on another. You can do your shopping at home or play Mortal Kombat with a friend in Vietnam. There are no end to the possibilities. That monologue <laughs> will come back later in this review at a very different tone. So then, I have written down, definitely a fucking sociopath. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, like, this is what I'm following the whole movie. And I'm like, all right. And then we get to medieval times. The first thing I have written down <laughs> is, as someone who has been a server, I fucking feel the medieval times waitress's eye roll. 
when he stands up and goes, Yes, Bar Wench, give me your finest of ales and give me two of your. <laughs> and like her just like rolling her fucking okay. eyes. I was like, oh, Fuck, I feel it. Well, like, she holy says it. Shit, I Matthew feel Brod- it. Steven says, uh, Can I get some utensils? Yeah. There were no utensils in medieval times, hence, there are no utensils at medieval times. Can I refill your Pepsi? There were no utensils, but they had Pepsi, Pepsi. in medieval times. Yeah, so Come on, dude. I'm just doing, <laughs> dude, yeah, my, I'm just job. doing my fucking job. <laughs> the one thing I don't understand in this entire movie is when he just puts the fucking skin and bacon on his face. Dude, and he's one like, of, hello, Clarence. One of the best things. like <laughs> this, this scene has two of my favorite scenes, and it's him putting. He's like, you're going to eat your skin? He's like, can I see it? And he puts it on his face. Yeah. And yeah, he does the... Silence of the lambs. <laughs> He's just trying to entertain him. Like yeah. that's his level so of like. I put, it makes no sense for it to be there, but I think that's what makes the scene great. Is it's probably just Jim Carrey being fucking Jim Carrey. Yeah. And someone was like, "No, man, it was probably because it looks like the mask." And I was like, "Yeah, but he doesn't say hello, it's Clarice, he, he when put, he has the mask on." He cuts that cop's face off and puts it on his face. Yeah. And so it's supposed to be like, yeah, like another oh, okay. face. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's why uh, Dwight Schrute does it whenever he like yep. cuts the face off the dummy and puts it on he does the same thing uh, okay he's like hello ladies <laughs> okay i get it now um, i god i forgot all about it. it's been so long since i've seen Sons yeah of yeah uh, i i love that part and like every i can't watch that movie without thinking of that and then also just uh red not going down <laughs> down 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 <laughs> Yeah, I do that shit all every time. I've been to medieval times like three times, and do every time. time I do that, and Sailor's like, he has, he's got to do my, it. He has to. <laughs> my favorite fucking thing. <laughs> I, I, I kind of want to go back to medieval times just to see if it's like this again. Uh, I've only been to medieval times one once. I think I was like thirteen or fourteen. Most people usually only do. Yeah, me going three times because I'm like, you gotta check this out. You gotta <laughs> drag them to it. Out. And so like, I've never been again, and yeah. I, I've always told myself I just want to take my ass to Grapevine. Yeah. And just go one night. Let's go. I'm fucking down. Let's go, and we'll do a podcast on... On the road, on the way there? Well, no, well, we could, but we'll do it on the like the show that they put... The Medieval Times show. Because <laughs> that's like, in, in theory, it's a movie. You know, you Holy sit there for about an hour shit. and a half. So we'll, rev- about an hour we'll half. review a the Medieval Times show. We just review Medieval Times' live show. Yeah. Like, which night won today, baby? We'll go and, like, take our notes. We take bets comes to see who to, like, wins that night. Yeah, but the bar oh. winch comes up to, like, take our order, and we're like, hold on. Give me a minute. I have to write this down. <laughs> we're taking notes. <laughs> but, no, uh... So what makes this better for me is now we get to the whole of like who's going to win, who's done this, and he's giving him the full chip entertainment. Everything's going on, and then it all stops. I'm just we're gonna choose two lucky combatants to challenge each yeah. other tonight. In Steven's and Steven's face, he's like in the middle of eating. Yeah, he's, and like, he's like, what? oh, that's Excuse cool. Me? And then they say their names. And that's when he's like, oh shit. <laughs> He says, I, I give all the the, the night free, free cable. cable. So, so they said it's cool if we just go at it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and like, but then the next thing that it cuts to is after they beat each other up a little bit, they get thrown the battle axes and the Star Trek battle music starts playing. And he starts, he's like, it's the exact weapons that Spock and Kirk had to use. And now they're using them. If we do not fight to the death, they. We'll kill us both. They will kill us both. It was just the best shit, and then like them beating the shit out of each other with the battle. Like I forget what you call the little the spin mace. thing, the mace, yeah. and then the jousting and everything, and like them picking each other up and just beating the shit. Out of it's each other. so good, dude. Like it's, it's the whole scene. That was a funny little piece because uh, Jim Carrey brought that up and was like, "Why." In comedy, has there never been somebody like doing a scene at medieval times? So that location <laughs> had shut down years ago, like prior to that. Yeah. But they opened it back up just to shoot that scene. Like they just, you know, Sweet they got Jesus. the space to shoot that scene. And Matthew Broderick is highly allergic to horses. Really? And apparently they were in there for like 16 hours a day. <laughs> and he was so congested and shit. And like he said, it, he was oh, like trying fuck. not to sneeze during the scenes. And it was just miserable on him. Oh my God. But yeah, Jim Carrey was the one who was like, we should film at a fucking medieval times. That that seems to be. You feel like he almost had the... maybe that whole idea penned out and was like, how can I shoehorn this into this movie? Yeah. Um, I feel like that's the whole object of this movie that was one of the things i had a buddy tell me before he watched it he goes man the misery resolved around that movie right is unreal and i was like what and he goes 
just a bunch of backstage horror stories. And like one of them just being like Jim Carrey got paid twenty million dollars. Twenty million dollars. And the budget was only It was like forty, fifty. Yeah, 000, it wasn't it was like million. almost half the budget was Jim Carrey's yeah. money. And there were like people behind the scenes that were like, he's not fucking worth twenty thousand or twenty million dollars. And then other studios were pissed off about it. So like they would review bomb the movie without seeing the movie. Really? To like try to get people to not go see it so they couldn't make their money back. That way other people wouldn't pay Carrie twenty million because then that would raise people that they would have to pay. Yeah. Because well, if he was Carrie one of the this first quickly is worth get that paid much, that off, like get paid that to start in. paying more people that. Right. And that's and, what like he was one of the first actors to get like that much of a payoff. Yeah. And he was coming off the tail of Ace Ventura yeah. and all this Dumb other and Dumber. Shit. Dumb and Dumber and so Everything. yeah, he was hot, dude. And uh actually the movie caught a lot of flack yeah. for making Jim Carrey the like the villain the pro, or the antagonist. Yeah. Like that that they were like, We like to like Jim Carrey and you're making us hate him. Yeah. And uh that was I think that was uh Ebert's like Shit. I think that was his official review. I just remember him telling, like, someone showed me, like, a trivia thing. It was, like, he asked after Ben Stiller showed him the script. He was, like, I want to play this guy. Yeah. He was, like, you want to play the other guy? And he goes, I want to play this guy. And it was, like, it's what he wanted well, to the do. Part was actually the part was actually written for uh, Chris Farley. Oh. And, yeah, uh, the, the the writer, the, the excuse me, the script writer... Um, Lou Holtz Jr. He had a sit down with uh, Chris Farley, and they were gonna do it, but then Chris Farley dropped out due to scheduling. And then Jim Carrey had got a hold of the script, and so he was really interested in the part too. And I oh, think yeah. maybe that was he was like, uh, "Well, which part are you interested in?" And he was like, "I want to play the cable guy." And he's like, "You don't want to be like straight guy, Steve?" And he was like, "No, no, no, oh, that's what I want to do." And do so that. immediately they didn't like look far for anybody else after Chris Farley. Yeah. They uh, they put they put it. As Carrie, but the movie was penned originally to be like a silly buddy movie, which was funny yeah. because like Dumb and Dumber had already happened. So, but then you add that you're like that's the same thing, creepy aspect to it that makes the well, whole movie. How, how much different would the movie have been if it were Chris Farley? That would, been, I couldn't see Chris Farley being that guy. Well, it just wouldn't be the same movie. I could yeah. see him being like that obsessive, like clingy type thing. Yeah, but I think it would but be it, a more it, funny it, movie. Yeah, it couldn't be as dark as it yeah. was. Like, Carrie pulled that, that shit off. off, dude. And so so that wraps up the Medieval Times part of the movie. And that brings us to uh, the party. Oh, my God. And so I was dying laughing at the karaoke scene. Of just like when it starts and it's the old guy just like, yeah, <laughs> American like, woman, <laughs> keep away from me. He's so off key, like off beat. American woman. <laughs> just like, fuck. Yeah. And then just Carrie coming in and singing his fucking heart out. Dude, the Jefferson Airplane. Bro, just somebody to just love. And so good. He, in the, the throat thing, dude, it's the whole time. They're like, ah, yeah. Need somebody to love. <laughs> it's like when I'm alone, I'm always like, you raise, raise, The performance he did, like the dancing around, like it's it's unbelievable. It's and he fantastic. sang that whole song, song with like this falsetto the entire time. And then he bust in. And when it, there's so much energy, like I had the surround sound on and everything. Oh, and so it's just blaring. And the energy that he has whenever he's like. Uh, just perfect. There was just a baby born on the second floor, everybody. Shikikai. Shikikai. <laughs> like all the improv shit he's doing on top of it. And then he bust in and they take the fucking photo. Of uh of Steven and the prostitute. And yeah. he's like oh. he backs out and he's like, All right, everybody, let's Which leave these two lovebirds alone. They back out. But to go to that, of course, they see the girl staring from across the way and he's like, Looks like she's checking you out. <laughs> and then just, No, no, that's not it. And then he goes, well, I'm just saying, Steven, he who hesitates masturbates. <laughs> and like, I fucking died, dude, because I was like, There's no way. That was in the script. Like Jim Carrey was like, oh, I'm gonna get these guys it. to fucking pop, bro. Oh yeah. I legitimately at that point I went, Is he playing him? Is he trying to get him oh, yeah. to sleep with the prostitute? They're playing the karaoke on the gift in yes, which the, Chip the gift. gives Yeah. And and speaking of his name is Chip, is you know, he asked him in the beginning, he's like, Oh, I'm so rude, I didn't even ask your name. This is after the satellite scene when yep. they go to he brings him back home, you know, in the van and uh and he's like, I didn't even ask your name. And he's like, my name? 
Ernie Douglas, but my friends call me Chip. Yep. And so, anyways, he's, you know, it's Chip, but he gives him this gift, and it's a full surround sound, yep. like Sony, full big speak, 90s like party setup. speaker. Yeah, yeah full 90s, shit. dude. The, with the, I had a buddy's the, house that looked exactly like that shit growing up, and I was always like, what is The this? DLP <laughs> rear projection TV with the speakers in the bottom. Those, you know, we had all kinds of TVs like that and shit. We were like, oh, God, we have a big screen. Dude. Oh, yeah. This is dope. Oh, my favorite thing is they looking so back huge. on... They took up a corner of the room. I, my parents had a big screen until the day I moved out. Really? Like For the classic? first time. Yeah. Really? Like, just this giant box big screen that's like 65-inch, huge-ass TV. Because my mom went to one of the TV places one day, and she used to rent to own everything. She was like, yeah. fuck buying it rent a center, and yeah. then you think about it nowadays and it's like rent a center charges you like fourteen hundred dollars for a ps4 and it's like i could have just went and bought one for 300 bucks yeah but uh it's like but that's what she would do constantly and so she found it and the guy looked at her and goes it's 500 bucks and she goes a month and he goes no just 500 bucks <laughs> nobody wants this thing yeah it was a sony it was fucking beautiful it was wonderful for years yeah one of the best tvs i was Ever able to have so many wrestling pay per views and movies watched on that motherfucker that yeah. I'll never forget it. But I thought it was hilarious that, like, because when I left, I had a box TV in there and all this shit and stuff like that. And it was just like, I was like, oh, okay. But, like, at that point, like, I had started working at a new age arcade. Uh-huh. And, like, of course, there were LEDs everywhere, projectors. We had a giant box big screen, but that's because we needed an AV for TV for an old console. Yeah. And so we were like, oh, shit. And so we found one. And there was a guy who was like, yeah, if you fucking come and get this, it's free. I don't fucking want it in my house. Yeah. <laughs> so we were like, we, okay. And I moved back in, and they don't have this giant-ass TV anymore. They've got this, like, fucking flat screen. I'm just like, oh, shit, man, they got a better TV than I do. Fuck. And so that was my mom felt bad because I came back with this fucking box TV playing my PS3 and 360 on fucking AV. is like a peasant. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's what, when Sayla and I first got together, we ended up like found on uh, like Swap Shop or Craigslist this TV, and it was like fifty five inches, sixty yeah. inches, and it was only like two hundred bucks. And I was like, "Oh fuck, dude, that's a great price. Let's go check it out." And we go, we go up and look, and it is like this hybrid. Well, it wasn't like to the floor, yeah. but it was like the big rear projection yep. where it has the flat glass. Yep. And so it was like plasma, I think, but yep. it was still Old like plasma, huge, man. like in the back. It's dope. And it had its own like stand on it for yep. like a glass shelf case and uh we took it back and it took up the whole fucking wall and we were like oh it was 200 bucks and so it, it well. lasted like almost a year and i was like, almost a year i'm not upset about it i really about you know we went and bought a new tv after that oh, but yeah. i was like i really wasn't that fucked up about it so oh memories man of just I know, right? giant, like i said i had a buddy that his dad had the whole Top to bottom surround sound thing with vinyl players built in. You hook, turn this, flip these switches so the surround is on when the football game comes oh, on. Yeah. And you're just like, what the fuck? That was definitely an old tech catch. That was oh, dude, old was, ass tech. That's like it just like I said, it grew so quickly it wouldn't translate to kids dude. these days. They'd be like, what the fuck do you need all of that stuff for? <laughs> um, and then the next morning happens and he's still there. I was like, all right, it's a party, it's whatever. You know, he'd probably still be there in the morning. And he's like, hey man, hope you don't mind if I borrowed a sweatshirt. And he's still got the leather jeans on. Yeah, and my favorite thing is, like, he feels bad, you know, like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I should have been with Robin. Oh, I'm such an idiot. It's like, oh, it's okay, man. Sometimes you just need to hit the reset bar and cleanse yourself out like that. <laughs> You're just going through these motions. He kicks him out. And he's like, you're kicking me out? I told you to get the fuck out of my house. So not only does he, he does leave, but he doesn't take that as... He's upset. You know what? I need to make sure Robin gets him back. I need to make sure nobody fucks with Robin. Enter one of my favorite scenes of the movie because of how fucking awkward it is. <laughs> I'm just when he walks into the fucking restaurant and he's just like looks like a fucking like wannabe Freddie Mercury. Oh yeah. And he's just like points I'm meeting someone here. And then just fucking walks away. <laughs> like Bro, I don't give a shit what restaurant I'm at. A restaurant that looks like that in this city, yeah. the second you walk past that hostess and go, I'm meeting someone, they're going to grab you, and they're going to go, who the fuck are you meeting? Right. Because they're not going to let just any motherfucker watch Just in. come in. And so, Maybe he knew those people, though. Yeah. Maybe he, know, he knows everybody. Immediately, he walks into the bathroom, hands the guy a 20, why don't you take a break? <laughs> he leaves, takes some, he sets himself up, does not look like a fucking bathroom attendant, and then just not like... 
What can I help you with today, sir? As which, by the way, Owen Wilson, great at playing a fucking asshole. Oh yeah. In the scene of like, what do you do for work? Oh, I actually do. Oh, hold on, I gotta go take a piss. Hold that thought. <laughs> I really do want to know what you do for work. That's not a lie. And like gets up after as talking he's, about him. Yeah, after he's talking about, him, and then immediately looks at the waiter and he's like, "It's been fifteen fucking minutes, dude. Do I need to go fry my own fucking chicken?" <laughs> and I'm just like. Broke because, like, the server inside of me just went, I'd fucking hit this guy. Right. Oh my god, like, I have thrown people out of places. I'm like, Oh, do I have to go make my own fucking wine? Cool, bro. Guess what? There's eight more bars within a mile. Go fucking find one of them. <laughs> yeah, guess who's getting served last? And so we get to that, and then this comes up to something I brought up earlier. Of oh, Wilson walks in and he starts fucking with him, bro. It's a wrestling term that I'm about to use, but just Owen Wilson fucking corpsing in the middle of a scene. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, corpsing is a wrestling term of you breaking character. Basically, you're you're laughing when someone is giving their lines or promoing on you, and just Jim Carrey promoing this motherfucker while putting him in like a tickle full Nelson. Yeah, and then Owen Wilson like he's being threatened in the movie. But just Owen Wilson corpsing, and they kept it in the movie because they probably just, he probably said something different every single scene. And Ben Stiller was like, What's the one where he laughs the least? <laughs> yeah. But like, He's Owen Wilson just immediately time, just dude. corpsing. And then, like, I was like, Oh my God. So, like, the first thing my head went to was a wrestling reference with Botchaman. And I was like, Oh, Wilson's corpsing? Some of the fucking man. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, Somebody get this man's dude. out of here. <laughs> the whole time he's getting his ass kicked, he's just cheesing it. And fucking yeah, just, smiling. I was like, Fuck, bro. I'm That's... like watching him. And even when he answers, he says, he says something and he answers and kind of giggles as yeah. he says it. <laughs> it's like, Holy shit. But uh, this is when I was like, Holy shit, the stalking is getting real. Like, oh, yeah. he knew where she was eating dinner. And it's like, Okay, I get it. If you're a woman, it is scary nowadays because a dude can literally look at your Instagram, look at your Facebook, anything, and know where the fuck you're going. You're at, yeah. yeah, or know where you're at. Dude, in the 90s, yeah. how much fucking work did he have to do to figure out that she was going to dinner at this place with this person? You had to do like a classic, like watch Bro. them, like put in some fucking overtime, watch them and follow them. That's Who the fuck has that time? Well, in the 90s. <laughs> like if you're not getting paid to be 90s, a detective, who's got had, that time, You man? had nothing but time, dude. You have a phone to sit on, the no internet to interrupt that? you. I, dude, I remember, like, I think back now, I'm like, what did I do when I wasn't scrolling on my phone in the bathroom or when I wasn't just doing this? No, I was still playing video games or right. taking, like, a fucking Nintendo I Power a Game Boy. or a Game Boy to the bathroom. So it's the same as looking at my phone forever. Right. And so I was always like, oh, yeah, I was still doing something. Got it. But it's like, I don't remember having that much downtime to where I was like, the fuck should I do? I'm going to go figure out where this person's eating dinner and beat their boyfriend. <laughs> right. God. It was and well so, thought out, dude. It was meticulous. But, uh, and then I wrote down at this point, I went, does he have multiple personalities? And then it hit me, and I went, it's identity theft, isn't it? Technically, in a roundabout way, what it is that he's doing, it's more that he's falsifying his identity yeah. the whole movie. And um, I was like, this dude is just batshit crazy. And then the next thing that happens is basically Matthew Broderick's character being arrested and having to go to jail for receiving for receiving stolen property. Stolen property. Yeah. Wait, what? And he's like, "Yeah, you st- uh, stolen this and that." And he was like, "It was a gift from who?" And he tells me, he "Goes that sounds fucking fake, man." Yeah. <laughs> like taking a man, and you're like, "Oh shit!" And that's when I was like, "Oh, this is identity theft." Like he's trying to like take these people. And then my that's when my buddy that was watching the movie with him. He looks at me because I said it out loud, and he looks over and he goes, "Uh," uh-uh. and I went, "What?" I was like, "No, I've got to be right with fake identity." And he goes that's a better way of putting it. And I was like, that's the same thing as identity theft. He was like, no, it's fucking not. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. And so then you get the weekend in County where every single fucking person that's involved is a referred customer. Right. <laughs> and so the guy that arrests him, the guy that's the guard, all of these dudes, everybody has got him in, the, in his back pocket. Yeah, because I mean that was like that was gold because you can do it, and it it was like something to you to have the extra channels and all that shit, and not pay for yeah. it because it was still expensive. But then like that's illegal, mm-hmm. and so yeah, you got people in your back pocket. But he was that character like he like he cons everybody probably, yeah. and as long as the other people, you know, he 
I don't know what what it is that like he attached to just him as Steven and not the rest of them, you know, if he has the same interaction with them. Yeah. And so that's when we get what I consider classic Jim Carrey for the first time in this movie of just him improving like a motherfucker, you know, it's like, hey, you got a visitor. And he goes out to see him. It's Jim Carrey dressed as a lawyer that talked to him. <laughs> and he's just like, takes his nipples and puts them out. And he's like, yes, daddy. Oh, so I was like, Billy. It's just like, fuck. <laughs> and so, like, I'm dying because, like, every time Carrie's on screen in this movie, you're trying not to laugh. And it's just like, oh, fuck, man. This is so good. And then immediately, officer, this is the man. That's the man who got me arrested. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, Chris. And he's like, oh, hi, Chip. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> he's like, football still working out for you? It's good. And it's good, like, good. oh, and then him realizing, like, oh, no. And he's just like, I've got you now. <laughs> it's, it's terrifying. Like, yeah, it's one of those things of, like, I literally looked at him one more time and I went, are we sure this isn't a horror movie? <laughs> right. You know, like, that's a, a kind of quick scene, gets out, explains everything that's happening, but then everything's happening at work. Yeah, it's like the emails get sent, this gets sent, the sabotage like, video. Yeah, and you're just like, no, no, no. Well, because and he told him he was like, when he was getting back with Robin, he was like, I don't, uh, I don't want to be friends with you. And they had that rain scene, and yeah. he was like, look, you're a really nice guy, and you helped me out, and I really appreciate that. But right now, I just need to focus on Robin and get back together, and I don't think I have time for anything extra. So I'm sorry, I don't want to yeah. be friends with you. And leaves him in the fucking rain. Yeah. So I mean, like, I then that's when the arrest stuff happens. Yeah, so, yeah. exactly. So one thing Ugh. starts happening after another, and he's like, oh shit, dude, he's got my whole life on lock. Yep. Like everything, and then he goes and like talks to Robin and shit. Yep. And so that's where I'm about to get to is now we have the parents scene, to where he shows up and Chip opens the door. Oh, and he's yeah. like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" And he's like, "I invited him." And he's like, like getting in with the whole family. It's he's got something this whole get different up on. if you go to your friend's house and someone you don't like ends up being there because they're friends with that person too. Right. And you're like, oh, "I'll deal with it," but this. <laughs> You're going to your own parents' house, and the one person that's ruining your life is there, and you're like, how the fuck does he know all of these people? What is going on? And that was my first thought. I was like, oh, my God. Are his parents referred customers? Oh, they yeah. were. And so no. I was like, fuck, that would have been brilliant. But um, that's when I put, once again, are we sure this isn't horror, man? He's just in his house, like, just already there. And then um, we get porno password, which I think is one of my favorite things in the movie of just Jim Carrey being like, the password is uh, foreskin. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, God. And it's like, I'm not playing this game. I'm not playing this game. It's just fucking hilarious, man. Like, yeah. that was one of those things that, like, even Phoebe was like, uh, like, I don't think I could, I couldn't have that conversation. And I was like, why? I was like, I, I was like, I guess I just grew up in a household where I had to ask too many fucking questions. Right. <laughs> so, like, nothing makes sense to me not to ask. But, um, but like that happens, and then like them being like, "You're overthinking this," but I'm like, "He's trying to ruin my life. Why are you people listening to him? This is not okay." And then like he leaves. Everybody's like on Chip's side of like, "It's okay." Yeah. Chip's like, "Cause he, he punches Chip he, when he looks at me, he goes, I would have never hurt you like that." And like leaves. I was like, "Fuck yeah, that!" That is manipulation 10, at its fucking finest. Like, holy shit! And, and he he does the little stumble when yes, he walks out the uh, door. Yeah, like and, he shook. And so then, of course, everybody believes him. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe you would do that, Stephen. And then it's like, oh, shit. But then we get the dream sequence. He's taking over his entire life. Yeah. And that's that's why this scene makes so much sense. Is Not only is he taking up his entire life, he is now in this motherfucker's head rent-free. Right, exactly. And that's why the dream sequence happens, which the contacts that Jim Carrey is wearing in the dream sequence of just like cable guy and like him yelling and his like, eyes dude those bro. like green yeah. like neon green fucking uh, contacts just he had in in fucking sane and then like when he wakes up and realizes it's a dream and it cuts the chip still being awake and like the spider just walks across Chips' face yeah and he's just staring like at the hard cam of like I was like, fuck, Dude, it's, bro. it's disturbing. Like, like this, this is getting real. You can take this movie and you can literally, like, make a, the horror trailers out of it. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you just put a different tone to 100% the entire movie. 100% you could. And make a different soundtrack, and that changes the entire fucking film. Oh, dude. Film. You give John Carpenter the soundtrack, it's a horror movie. Exactly. Start. Um, so then we get to 
the finale of the movie. Hit yeah. me with that monologue one more time. Oh, so so Chip says uh, it's pouring down rain, and he's actually kidnapped Robin yep. and taken her up there, and kind of like a hostage situation. And it's pouring down rain, and he gives the same spiel, like yep. it's just practice now. And he says, "The future is now. Soon, every American home will integrate their televisions, phones, and a computer. You'll be able to visit the Louvre on one channel or watch female mud wrestling on another. You can do your shopping at home." Or play Mortal Kombat with a friend from Vietnam. There are no end to the possibilities. And the fact that I told you that monologue would come back. The first time you hear it in the movie, you're going, oh my god, he's right? Like, that's dope. Matthew Brodrick is clapping. He's like, holy shit, this is perfect. You get it now, and Robin is terrified that she didn't believe her boyfriend, that this man was trying to ruin his life. She's now kid- he's now kidnapped her, giving her this monologue in the rain. She's like, I just want to go home. Dude, this is like straight up like the Joker's origin story. Exactly. <laughs> of like crazy. And then my favorite thing is like, instead of an actual weapon, he has a staple gun, <laughs> and he's like, don't make me do this. And you're just like, I really hope that they told Jim Carrey, like, hey, man, blank gun is on the counter. Yeah. And he was like, okay. And he came back with the staple with gun staple to be an gun. asshole, and Ben Stiller was like, roll with it. There was a really dark scene that got cut that uh, was supposed to be Jim Carrey, like, stapling a TV onto Steven's ass or something. What? And so, yeah, it got cut. Like, they did the whole thing. So that's why he had the staple gun. Otherwise, without that being in there, there's no context of why he has a fucking staple gun. Well, how's this? How are you supposed to staple a TV to someone's ass? He's, like, staples, like, a TV like, with the staples into his ass or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, in the the shape of a TV. I'm not sure because I didn't see it. Yeah, because it got cut red um and so that happens and this is when you realize okay this is like a latchkey kid situation yeah 100 percent um mommy issues at this point it comes all around that it's like it's a commentary on latchkey kids of like oh the tv was your babysitter i'm gonna go out fuck hiring someone right like stuff like that like your parents weren't there the only thing you knew was the things that were on the TV. Come home and watch TV. That's what I did, yeah. dude. I was a latchkey dude, kid, and I, I came home. My mom was well, like, you know, had three kids, single mom, so she worked three jobs from like yeah. before we went to school till after we went to bed. And so I'd come in and like have to like take care of my brother and sister and make sure that like there was dinner and stuff for them to eat. And, like our homework was done and they were bathed. And then I would just watch movies, dude. Yeah. And that's well, what I, like it's another reason like this podcast comes so far is because like that's that's what I'm familiar with. Yeah. You know? Well, and and it's the same way, man. Like uh, my mom had the same job till I was five or six, and um, she didn't something like told her in her head she didn't like the fact of not being there when I got off a school bus. Yeah. And she was like, I can't do this, and so she got a job at the school. And became a teacher at the school. So and she'd so, be off the same time. Yeah, so she could make sure she was off at the same time. Even if I couldn't ride with her, yeah. I would still we'd still be getting home at the same time. Right. And then um she did that for a few years and then I don't know what changed. I think it was like her and my best friend growing up, their parent they both worked at the school together and they talk all the time. And uh-huh. I think it was like I think my mom said she wanted to be like run her own daycare and her they were like, Oh yeah, do that. That's more money. Yeah. And so then my mom ran a dank care, and so she was always home. A dank care? A dank care, bro. You <laughs> fucking go. Uh, but no. Um, and so like I get off the school bus, walk in, tsunami on, just sit there doing my math or my fucking history, watching Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon. Like, hell yeah. Yeah. And so like that would be over, and then it would be either like wrestling time, Buffy time. Or like one of the other shows I would watch throughout the weeks, and so it's like I wouldn't see my mother after that. This movie stuck with me for sure, and then maybe you know resonates with you a bit because I was like, dude, all I do is talk in movie quotes. Like yeah. I only oh, I do it too. Man. I literally live my life like referencing different movies, there. and that's exactly like what he does. He, he never says like barely an original fucking word. Yeah, Every, even when he gives. Steven advice on like what to do. It's he got it from shows. Jerry Springer. Yeah, like everything got it from Jerry he Springer. Says, or he got it from like uh, all the eighties and seventies and eighties yeah. like upbringing shows. Everything he says is from a fucking TV or movie. Well, it's like his like, name wasn't his real name. It was a name from the people in the beginning of the show. Yeah, that it was their name in the show, and he was watching the show. Yeah, and uh, so he called my three that. sons. Yeah, and so you don't know his real name the whole fucking movie. Yeah, 
it's been Jim Carrey's heel turn. We've seen it come in the whole movie. Um, it technically had already happened from the beginning. He was just playing the good guy to get good graces. Right. Um, the main thing here is, is what went wrong for him to single Steven out compared to anybody else that he has? I don't know, man. Um, I think that, I think that, well, here's the thing at the end of the movie that like it builds up to is you still, what's going on in this movie on a whole side note, you have a parallel story going on about the Sweet Brothers, Sam and Stan Sweet. Yep. And periodically throughout the film, the it'll show the TV like it'll cut to like the different chapters of yeah, of, of the, the movie, suites, like oh, yeah. part one, part two, and part three, um, like through the acts. Then it'll switch and start with like that whole act starting with the news report, like the coverage on this whole uh, trial. Yep. And then at the end, like he's claiming he didn't do it and everything. Well, there's a theory that Chip um, maybe killed one of the Sweet Brothers and then framed it on the other one because he was trying to like he was obsessing Shit. over him too, and he was a preferred customer. And then so he killed him, and then made it look like it was like it was him, like his brother that did it. And so right at the end, before you find out, and then he what the yeah they cut it. The results are going to be it gets cut. Yep. And he was like. Uh, that was a little theory that I read that, you know, maybe like, you know, that's, that's a backstory good, thing, dude. you know? Holy but I was like, hell. I like that. So, what, when you ask, like, what made him pick him instead, I think that, like, it was just the right person where you saw all the other people that he was referred customers to. Yeah. They were old people. Like, he didn't want to hang out with him, but I've, he was just like, oh, here's like a young single guy. Who well, and I think maybe, like, he I can did take hang out, out with stuff. him because a lot of them came to the party when he invited them. Yeah. A lot of people would show up to places when he needed them to. And stuff like that. And so it's like maybe he's already in good with these people. With everybody. Or they're just a little bit of as well. And it's like, I'm not thirsty anymore. <laughs> and shit like that. Like, and my favorite he thing has is to freak I freak out on top of the thing. He's like, I, you were never there, mother. Yeah, like I don't have my original notes. Like I was telling you before the show, I redid my notes yeah. so they would be more eligible. Um, I had one earlier that I just kind of wrote this instead. I was like, Basically ruins his suicide attempt, which helps keeps the story alive. Yeah. Um, I had written down suicide attempt to verdict. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> or <laughs> It said suicide stops verdict. And I think that's because I... Oh, I get it now. When he the drops sweets, off. The sweets yeah. thing, yeah. He drops, he hits the thing, and the, the verdict goes off. That makes a lot more sense to me now that we're talking about it. Yeah, the signal I went, goes out. I literally went... What the fuck did I write that for? <laughs> so, <laughs> Verdict of what? And so then I had suicide crossed out and suicide attempt written. And yeah. so I was like, okay, well, I corrected myself with the attempt. But what's the verdict? Why did I write that? But now, okay, we're talking about the sweets trial. Yeah. yeah. And right as he's like, this is what happened. Yep. And then everyone, what the fuck? <laughs> and then just Andy Dick, preferred customer of my ass. <laughs> it's like, that's my favorite thing. And then Kyle Gass is, just picks up a book and starts reading. Yeah, just, okay. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that Andy Dick is every one of us. Yeah. That when... You're given special treatment. Yeah, that's my first... Is That's how I felt, is I felt like that in that moment of, oh, Andy Dick's like, fucking preferred customer of my ass. It's like, oh, your, inter your fucking cable goes out, and you think you're the only person whose cable went out, so you're like, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy in particular. Right. Man. And it was probably a free channel you were getting <laughs> yeah. for fucking and so free. It's it's one of those I was like, he is every American ever of like power went out. Ain't my fault. It's not there's nothing crazy about this. Someone did this. <laughs> and the whole like, fucking like all the knights and stuff are watching and stuff. Watching with him. It was so and, good. Uh, but yeah, like he his suicide attempt it does. It ruins the verdict. It, and it keeps the story going. He's alive. It doesn't really I feel like it would have been too dark of an ending for him to die. Yeah. But at that point, I feel like they could have twisted the ending, say, in another reality, Chip does die right there. Uh-huh. Then they blame it on Matthew Broderick. Well, I've got a fun, little, like, I've got a fun little secret for you okay. in, our, in our Did You Know section, our secret section, Easter egg section, whatever okay. it is. Yeah. Wait till we get there? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so we do that. It ruins the thing. Uh, you know, he looks at Chip and he goes, I'm so sorry. And it's Matthew Broderick trying to be nice now because he's scared. 
Well, but it, it's also the ending fact of he like he hears that he heard that whole monologue, monologue of him like, being I'm like sorry. You know, him like you know, and he did. He was like first off, he's like you, you hear the breakdown where he's like freaking out about his mom yeah. and stuff, and then talking about being a latchkey kid and raised <laughs> by the TV, and then he goes to like kill himself, and he was like he sees like I feel really bad for this guy, oh, yeah. you know. And well, you you still wonder like all the way to the end, like even after yeah, doing like, that, and he, he right? still like, says like he say he's anything? Ricky Ricardo now. Yeah, and it's like. Does is it just a long con of funny? Does he just yeah. think it's so fucking funny, or like you said, like what is his what's his motivation? Yeah. That's what's so what unsettling about the movie because person? you can take it twenty different perspectives and be like, okay, he he was a little like he he's one of those people that doesn't get boundaries, right? So he tries to be this guy's friend and he's doing nice things for him, but it's a little too much, too fast, and so we can relate to being like, whoa, whoa, I, you know, yeah. I, need, I need to take this friendship to a fucking like a, a slowdown so because it's all to too stop. much, and I'm, you want me to spend all your time, and now I'm trying to do this and this, and then so did he in the way he like broke up with him in the rain? Did he just get really mad, and did he start doing those things like? Be, you know, as revenge, or was that the plan from the start? Like, you just wonder how fucking crazy is this guy? Because he got fired for stalking other customers. customers. Yeah, and you find that out through Jack Black's character being like, dude, he got fired for stalking people. He hasn't worked there in six months. Exactly. So it's like he's been illegally stalling cable, which means he stole this van. Right. From someone. Where's the person he stole it from since he's living out of it? Well, he, he obviously, like you said, and he got like, this oh, skill man. beforehand. But, yeah, now he has all this stuff. And his, yeah. I think his patch even says, like, cable guy on it. And it's just very generic. Yeah. And so, yeah, how does he get away with, Bro. like, still, he, yeah, it's, it's he's still giving people cable and stuff, but he's not. What if he he's did, taking uh, the name of the person that is supposed to be? Uh, yeah. Getting there. And well, then he just, he just uses, uses so name. many names, dude. And yeah. that's, by the end of the movie, you still, like. There's Fuck. no explanation, and he just makes it more weird, and That's then they wheel bad. him off. It's, it's ballsy. So, with all that being said, man, that brings us. On, you know, we can get back to the end of your notes, but that brings yeah. us full circle on the script. Yeah, that does. It brings it full around. Uh, once again, at the end, he's being airlifted away. He's, he, you know, a suicide attempt. He probably hurt himself, but even then, oh, in a suicide attempt, they do still take you to a hospital or a police department. Right. Um, so they're helicoptering him away because he's legitimately not moving, <laughs> and he's like, "Buddy, are you?" okay and then just am i really your buddy yeah yeah man are you okay what's your name ricardo ricky ricardo <laughs> and I, I don't think that's what he says that's a that's exactly a formula is it yeah. holy shit it's a formula one driver's ricky ricardo uh but um and so that happens ricky ricardo from i love lucy holy fuck i didn't think about that yeah. either holy that's why he starts shit. laughing he's like, <laughs> oh no that's daniel Locato. never mind never mind okay yeah, yeah so f1's different my bad people sorry <laughs> um but no and so yeah so then i leave my final part of the notes before it gets to my review and stuff like that is victim number two is chosen because they could have set that up just as a, a thing of like ha, 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 chip is crazy but it could have also been if that movie would have done better Ben Stiller would have been like, "Here's fucking part two, bitches." Dude, I, I would, I would just watch a plethora of these movies of him like moving from person to person. But that's the cliffhanging ending, you know. How many times has he done it? How many times is he gonna do it? Yeah, you know. And that's the like the anonymity of it all makes it really. Man, it's it's, it's just a yeah. great movie because that man. makes you think. It's like how many times has he already done this? Because I say victim number two. Yeah, we don't know that it's not number. 15 20, right exactly what's going on well he, there's probably well, obviously, people out there, there are people out there like he this. stalked other people yeah. but how far did it go from him stalking to actually like ruining their lives and shit like he did yeah. for so, steven so like okay so i've only had to deal with a stalker situation one time in my entire life um lucky uh, oh god you have more <laughs> no I'm just uh, but no uh so i worked at gamestop and one of our co-workers like she had a like a fucking stalker yeah. Like it was, he was at the mall every time we were there. He was like, if she was working and we were just in the mall, it got to the point where we're like, let's go to work just to check on her real quick. Yeah. And so then she switched jobs. None of us. He came in and was like, where is she? And we were like, not here anymore, man. Like, or she's not here. We would say she's not here for the day. And he'd be like, okay. And like just wide eyed as fuck would turn around and walk away. And then we were like, holy shit, man. He found out where she got a new job somehow. 
and immediately was like sending her flowers every day. Oh god. Or taking her flowers. And it got to the point to where like we had to pull this motherfucker aside. We're like, okay, dude, like we put up with this shit for too long. But the second that she started feeling creepy by this, like, we see you here again. We're not calling the cops. I was like, I don't want to have to be that guy, my dude, but you're being fucking creepy. And he was like, no, I'm not. I'm being awesome and caring. And like would walk away and I was like, that's how this dude legitimately thinks. This dude legitimately thinks he is being caring for her and all this stuff. I was like, oh, fuck. Is that how, like, a fucking stalker's mind works? Like, we're the asshole. Like, we're not the oh, assholes. Yeah, right. We're being the right people. But he thinks he's the right guy, and right. I'm the asshole. And so that's all I could think about was that situation. I told that story after the thing, and I was like, and my friends were like, whoa, what? And I was like, yeah, like, this is not something we bring up often. I was like, right. But um, so do you want to go to another segment, or do you want to hear my review? I want to hear your review, man. Okay. You sure about that, buddy? Absolutely. Okay. This is my review, by the way. My personal review. Uh, you guys have heard Anthony talk about how much he loves this movie. Yeah. Watch this movie. I went, did I love it? Absolutely not. Was it enjoyable? Yes. Um, pacing was very awkward, and I'm not sure if they meant originally for it to be this dark of a comedy or if Jim Carrey ended up making it that way. Jim Carrey put on a hell of a performance, if not one of the best performances of his entire life outside of Man on the Moon. Unfortunately, it just happened to be in a mediocre movie. Great cast and what seems to be an absolutely phenomenal script and Ben Stiller absolutely killing it with the best actors they could get. It was the pacing ruined the entire thing for me. Is it Ben Stiller's best directing work? No, but it was a damn good outing. It just couldn't beat something like Tropic Thunder for me in directing. Um, That's mine. I gave it 2.5 reels out of 5. Or I said, with as much as I did laugh... I could give it a three point a three out of five. I felt bad thinking like that. I was like, the well, way he hyped this movie up, I should like this even more. Especially at the end of last week, you were like, it's a four point five or a five for you. I know it. And I was like, okay, here we go, here we go. I had my score written down, and then I saw that reviewers have it at a six point one out of ten, and I went, okay, I don't feel as bad now. Yeah, because I still enjoyed my time. I just felt the pacing of the movie. It would be fast, 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 slow. Yeah. In a 90s comedy for a blockbuster, that was not something that you needed to slow down on. It just needed to be pop, 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 yeah. pop. Well, and, that's, and it's funny because, like I said, seeing it as a like different perspective, you know, yeah. from a child to being like, you know, 30. Um, it's funny because like I've seen it so many times. I know the beat, so like yeah. it's one of those that it's over too soon for me because I like there's this part, this part, this part, oh. and then it hits the beat. So the pacing because like because I've watched it so many times, the pacing just is just familiar home. to me. It's like when you're listening to uh, an, a, an album and yeah. then the six, you know, the next song that comes on is like you know the next note that's gonna be played because you know the album so well. Yeah. So I know what part's coming next, but like seeing okay. it for the first time. It's saying the pacing is off. It's like yeah. I now want to go back and see if I can catch that. Catch it. You know? Yeah, it was that was the one thing for me. Other than that, like I said, it was it was enjoyable. Yeah. Did I love it? It's not something I'm gonna watch yearly. Yeah. No. But will I watch it again in my lifetime? Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. But it's it's not one of those things. I'm gonna like, watch it again when I have to show Taylor the part she didn't <laughs> fall asleep on. Which fair. she fell asleep like in the beginning before things start getting weird. So I have to show oh, okay. her the whole movie again. <laughs> but uh but yeah, like it was one of those that like like Phoebe had never seen it either. Yeah. And so Tom was the only person in the room that had seen it. And like afterwards we were both like, yeah, we're glad we watched that. Like, we're glad that we've now yeah. seen that and remember it. Um, Cause like I said, I do not remember that movie at all. I remember yeah. like the future is now. And yeah. it's just him and Matthew Broderick. I don't remember the rain one. I don't remember anything like that. So that's it. Like I don't remember Owen Wilson being in that movie or a bathroom scene let alone. So that was probably as far as I got the last time I watched cable guy. Yeah. And so, Yeah. That makes it was, sense. It dude. was one of those. But like I said, it was like I said, I said two out of five, which would be a five, or I would say a three out of five, which would be a six out of ten. Yeah. And, and the, that's I know this is a weird way that we're breaking this down when we do ours out of five reels, but I always look at it as if I give it a three, that means it's a six out of ten. And then I don't <laughs> feel as bad because IMDB has it at six point one, but a lot of their stuff still holds it in high regard. I think that it was just you had a great cast and Ben Stiller was getting into directing. I just feel that there were things about it that didn't hit complete home. And that could have been um, 
uh, Lou Holtz Jr.'s writing. I don't know. It could have been the way that Ben Stiller directed. So that is our thoughts on the movie. Um, also, the movie had a banging fucking soundtrack, dude. dude okay. It that had it fucking Hey Man, Nice did. Shot by Filter during the basketball scene. Uh, okay. Blind Silverchair, about... American Woman. It has More Human Than Human by White Zombie. Yeah. Like We didn't get to talk about the basketball scene because that was one of those scenes in the movie that it didn't really further along anything. Yeah. It was just a moment to be a moment. But holy fuck was this <laughs> that fucking great, man. Because I know, like... Not that it's that exact type of person in that ball game, but I picked I've played enough pickup ball to know that guy every time he walks in. I'm like, exactly. Over here, over here, I got foul, I got foul, it's a foul, it's a foul. It's like, bro, you're you He's always into a street me. pickup game, dog. Yeah, exactly, dude. And that's exactly what it was. That was another thing of stalking. Like he yeah. knew he was there. Well, he I believe in the couple scenes before he told him he was going to play basketball. Oh, okay. So he couldn't hang out. So he had to deduct. Which basketball gym was he, he went going to? to? Every one of them, all which, day, like looking. By the way, for those of you still listening, and that you hopefully you watched along with us, and you watched the movie, and then listened to this, or you are listening to this, and then you're gonna go watch the movie. Um, this is like fucking L.A. or New York. I don't remember which one. Yeah, but it's a bi- very big. City. It's a fucking huge city. For this motherfucker to get around yeah. <laughs> and know like everywhere you are, it's crazy. And so, like, that's insane to me. Yeah. What are some more of your thoughts on the movie? Because you were the guy that like absolutely loved it. Yeah, man, uh, I gave it a I gave it a five reels. <laughs> you know, and I was reels? gonna go with four. I was gonna go with four just because I was like, is it well, a perfect about- movie? And I'm like, it's really hard for me to say because to me, it almost is. Like it's well, then, really good. Well, then we'll put it this way. Because eventually we, it's like, here's my score. Here's your score. Here's the combined score of it. I'll give it that three. That way you can have your five, and it makes it a four out of five. Okay, that's fair. So it's a okay. four. Yeah, that's fair. That we'll, way we'll give you the, the average. That way the overall semi-social review is a four out of five. There you go. Mine is just a three, and yours is a five. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and 10 out of 10 would recommend, though. You know? Oh, yeah. You should. No, no, I, would, so it's, I would tell it's everyone a four you need out of five it. with a you need to watch it one. Yeah, you definitely need um, to watch it. it man, does, I just, I love, like I said, I love... I love Carrie's performance the whole way through. Yeah, like I said, great performance. Like, yeah. I just didn't think it was Lou Holtz Jr. bringing the script is is great. I'll throw this in, you know, to the secrets. Lou Holtz Jr. sold the script to Columbia for one million dollars after he noticed a cable guy in his mother's apartment building very late at night and was like, "I wonder what he's doing here." <laughs> and literally off that premise, he was like, did five drafts and sold it to fucking Columbia for a million dollars. That's shit. all you got to do, kids. You really yeah. just got to observe shit in life and write a really good script for it. One of my favorite stories to go along with that is uh, it's in a Patton Oswalt stand-up. He says it's the first time he ever sold a movie. He pitched it. They told him to rework it. He reworked it. They bought it from him. It was for... He was cheap. Like They bought it for like 100000 or 150000 something like that. But it was Patton Oswalt. Right in the early '90s, he was like, "Yep, I'll take it." He wasn't a big name yet; hadn't gotten his chops yet, and so he was like, "Yeah, I'll sell it." And then they invited him to the premiere of the movie. The name had changed, and there was only one line from his original script still in the movie. But he was given a writing credit for it, and he was Damn. like, "Fuck!" Yeah. <laughs> so he was like, "It was so bad." <laughs> he goes, "Because they changed everything about it. everything I did," and um. But yeah, man, you never know. Like, there are some people that like, I do. There's movies and TV shows that have been written because somebody sees something really quick and they're like, "Oh my god, what would that be?" I've written down entire synopsis of something I would like to read before because I saw someone walk by me and I was like, "Why would they walk like that?" Hold on, <laughs> and I write a whole story about it, give these people backstories, and I'm oh, just yeah. like. Is this how people write movies? And then I just know I just stop writing. So doing that for art, that's what I do with like all these characters. I'll see something out in the wild and I'm like, I have to make that a fucking character or a piece design. Yeah. But so. I I really like it, man. I thought it was a, a good I can see the pacing is a little off and then the okay. uh, the whole shoehorned trial that's going on. You yeah. know, it's like that's just a parallel story going along with yeah. it that you're keeping up with. Well, so. and it was a in real life, it was being compared to the OJ trials. Exactly. Because it was a modern take on comedy at the time of like things in life that were supposed to be funny yeah. and they were going the opposite way with it. That's why it was the you know the metaphor of modern day comedy yeah. at the time. Yeah. So, but yeah, it being a modern take, just to think that in 96 and then in 2006 or whenever Tropic Thunder was, is him doing another metaphor of modern day comedy. And it's like, 
Yeah. Like, that's insane to think. He was like, I think the world needs another meta comedy like that. Let's go. Yeah. And he just does it. But yeah. And so I think it's, it is, I think it is one of those things that you do have to see. With all of that being said, we do thank you for joining us for another episode of the Simi Social Movie Club. Guess what? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram now at MC. Go over there, follow us, keep up with all the stuff we're going to be posting. Uh, throughout the week, we'll be posting uh, things from the episode just because we'll upload the episode and then for a week you'll get really cool things and we'll give you hints to the next episode. And, and so you can go over there and find those out soon. If you're already listening to this, it means it's already up, but soon we'll have every podcast service that you are able to find wherever you are more comfortable listening please listen to us there um we will have a facebook group set up eventually um that is one thing i'm working on uh it's a lot more difficult than i thought it was yeah so uh twitter and instagram are up are going go to your favorite podcast service whether that be apple Podcasts, google play or spotify go and click that follow button for us Go give us that follow on Instagram and Twitter. Talk to us. Let us know the things you want to hear us talk about. That's the whole point of this being a social club is we want to hear you talk about things. It's a we're a movie club for a reason. Um, you know, are you in a you know horror mood one week? Then specify that to us. You in a love mood? Specify that to us. Let us know. We'll try to however many people we get, we'll roll with it for that. Now there will be certain months where we do, you know, like October. Theme we'll stuff. probably do. Yeah. All horror like Christmas. You're I can't Christmas wait for movies. Halloween or for February, dude. We're just gonna watch fucking chick flicks and rom-coms. rom-coms, and and I'm down because one of my favorite movies is a rom-com. So here we fucking go, dude, baby. One, I'm a sucker for Pretty Woman. I've never seen Pretty Woman. What? Yeah. Oh god. I well, like kid, I don't want to hype it up again, but it's another fucking banger. Okay. Hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, that one you can hype up. I'm pretty sure I will like that. What are we gonna one. do next week, man? Um. So the next episode that we're either gonna do, it'll either be Army of the Dead or Pulp Fiction. Um, those are going to be the next two movies that we do for you. We just have to figure out what order we're doing them in, um, mainly because one of them is coming out very soon, and we're trying to get that recorded and done for y'all, um, while the other one is just something we can go and grab and be able to watch it. So until next time, I'm Cody. I'm AJ. And keep it real. Keep watching movies. That was dope. I know, right? This production is brought to you by Vapor Valley Noise Cult.